I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. KMA Audio Machine's comprehensive range of premium effects pedals are extremely impressive, coupling some of the best-looking graphics and best-sounding circuits with some of the most original reimaginations of classic effects pedals that we've ever seen. From the wild and soaring high-gain distortion of the worm to the classic ripping fuzz tones of the fuzzly bear, Minos and Dead Stag, the swirling phaser of the Astro Spurt, the treble to full range, stock her treble booster, the synthy octaves of the Moyai Mayer and the Queequeg, to the incomparably expansive wash of delays and verbs from the Cirrus and the uniquely controlled mid-accentuated drive of the incredibly dynamic Logan. The list is comprehensive and every pedal offers something original and unique to KMA's penchant for extreme controllability. Available worldwide from leading guitar effects pedal dealers and for more info, check out kma-machines.com. Guitar Nerds is sponsored by Reverend Guitars, and we are very happy about that because we really love Reverend. Well-built, affordable, unique, extremely cool, retro with modern sensibilities. Recently, we've had a Jetstream 390 and a Greg Cock Gristlemaster sent to us from Merchant City Music in Glasgow, and we've loved them both. The Jetstream is a gorgeous, reverend, original, jaggedly shaped retro offset with three specially voiced P90 pickups and a deliciously roasted maple neck. The Gristlemaster is an oversized T-style guitar with the incredible sounding Fishman Tele pickups, a Firebird style ramp and a tonal palette so broad you'll never need another guitar. Seriously, their range is massive. Choose from a fantastic spread of bolt-on set necks, basses, and unique signature models. If you love guitars and you love this podcast, then I'm afraid you're going to need one. Check them out at reverendguitars.com. And welcome to the 273rd episode of the Guitar Nerds Podcast, the world's number one guitar podcast. I am your host, Joe Branton, joined this week by Jay Cross. Hi, Joe. Matt Knight. Hi, Joe. And Mark Packham. Hello there. That's right. Just like Daniel Craig in Casino Royale, we have a full house. Do you know how Americans <laughs> have a full say house? his name? He did have a full house, yes. Uh, that is the hand that he beat Mads... Mickelson. Is it Mads Mickelson? Am I saying that right? Is this is this spoilers? I'm not into this. Oh no, story. oh sorry. 
I've not right. seen Honestly. any of the Daniel Craig Bond films. Oh, you're missing out. They're really good. So the, the only Maddie... good there's only like two or three good James Bond films, and no. I'm I'm almost certain that none of those are in that list. Yeah, they are. All four Daniel Craig ones are great. <laughs> Daniel Craig is ripped. If you want a hunk in ripped. a James yeah, Bond movie, he is. he is he's the best one. Uh, he's so... the only one who looks like he can win a fight. No, Timothy Dalton. Absolutely. Timothy Dalton doesn't look like he could win a fight. Timothy Don't Dalton. get me wrong. Timothy Dalton is absolutely gorgeous, and I loved him in uh, in Flash. But um, you know, I, I, and I think he he was a great Bond. He had to play Bond at a really difficult time because, sort of, I think you know, at, at the time, I think the character of Bond, like a promiscuous hero, was a was a really um, not okay kind of story arc. But that's why he's perfect. Unlike now. That's well yeah. (laughs) That's that's why he's perfect for it, because he's got this like sleazy edge in those films that they're my favourite two Bond films, I think. That those two and Goldeneye, absolute best ones. Oh that's rubbish. There's nothing with Pierce Brosnan that's ever been any good. Yeah, Goldeneye's Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh yeah, that's true. He was great in Mrs. Doubtfire. You're right. He he was the he was the defining feature of Mrs. Doubtfire. Dante's peak. Yeah, I always got that one confused with Twister. Yeah, I don't know anything about Dante's Peak. Interchangeable movies for me. They're Imagine sort of Twister, like... Jay, but with a volcano. With yes, Pierce Brosnan. Yeah. With it's... Pierce Brosnan instead. How is it interchangeable? How is a movie about a volcano interchangeable with a film called Twister? Early, like, what, early what sort 2000s. of horrifying natural disaster yeah, are you expecting? Yeah, that's it. Early 2000s natural disaster movies. They're all interchangeable for me. Uh, you know. We were talking about this this week, actually. Armageddon is... and uh, what's the other one? What's the one that isn't Armageddon? Um, Deep Impact. Deep Impact. Yeah, they came out at the same time. Like, it's the same movie. It, it, it's not the same movie that, because Armageddon had Ben Affleck in it. Which one had Bruce Willis in it? Yeah, that was also that one. But more importantly, okay, Ben yeah. Affleck was in Armageddon. Right, okay. So I just Googled. Also, there was a really <laughs> concerning sex scene in Armageddon where Ben Affleck uses an animal cracker as a, a sort of an aid, as Ooh, it were. Careful, That's careful. Yeah, yeah, this, this is, is this children's is, this podcast. Is a, yeah, podcast <laughs> made by and for children. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I just Googled Twister, the movie, and the right. first thing that comes up, Google now show you related films. The films uh-huh. related to Twister are... Dante's for, Peak. Firstly, Twister, which is weird. Um, <laughs> the, the Day After Tomorrow, 2012, yeah. Armageddon, yeah. Deep Impact, <laughs> Perfect Storm, and finally... <laughs> Dante's Peak. There we go. <laughs> oh, oh a wonderful selection of they, movies. They came out within six months of each other, Dante's Peak <laughs> All and of, Twister. Really? Did they? Oh, there you go. That's why they're In interchangeable. Fa- yeah, when did Armageddon come out? Armageddon and Deep Impact are later, I think. Yeah, oh, definitely no, like later. 98, right? All these yeah. films. Yeah, so Twister is 96, Dante's Peak 97, Deep Impact 98, Armageddon See, 98. Now the thing, I'm Arma- so good at years. Armageddon, so Armageddon good I, years. I don't think you can put it in the same thing because Armageddon's not so much a disaster movie is like a bit of a space movie and the thing is the other movies what they all have in common is I mean, that they it's not a disaster movie an a-lister it, no Joe, a disaster it's movie armageddon <laughs> armageddon out of here <laughs> okay you might have a point there <laughs> it's, dude, let me read the synopsis of you not saying this isn't a disaster film right. the film follows a group of blue collar deep core drillers sent by NASA to stop a gigantic asteroid on a collision course with Earth 
<laughs> okay. Sounds pretty cheery. All right. Okay. Oh, so, I suppose the thing is, though, is like the world. The world's a lot more miserable in 2020 than it was yeah. in 1998. Like yeah. now, people know, are just people just want the asteroid <laughs> to come yeah. out the earth. This would be a romance if it was released today. <laughs> just several people romancing the asteroid. <laughs> oh dear. But my my point was, disaster movies lack an A-lister normally, with the exception of Armageddon, which of course had several. You got Liv Tyler. You had. Um, ben Affleck, you had Bruce Willis. What about Piers yeah. Brosnan? Well, what Piers Brosnan's is not World, quite an Tom A-lister. Cruise. I don't think he's quite an A-lister. Bruce, Bruce, uh, Piers Brosnan is like a B-lister. You know, he's other than the Bond movies, not Lord not Merman. A, yeah, that, what? Movie. I think I think you're really downplaying. Merman. I think you're Lord really Merman. downplaying Piers Brosnan. You think I'm downplaying Piers Brosnan? Yeah, I don't, Matt, uh, Matt is correct. He was in the great film Lawnmower Man. <laughs> But I fun don't fact think about should... Lawnmower Man. Fun fact about Lawnmower Man. I, actually I preferred Lawnmower week. Man too. That no, was a better no. Johnny Mnemonic, that's what I prefer. Um, yes, that is a great movie. <laughs> now we're in the weeds. Fun fact about Lawnmower Man that I learned this week is that Stephen King lobbied after Lawnmower Man. So Lawnmower Man is a Stephen King short story, right? Right. And after the film Lawnmower Man came out, Stephen King lobbied to have his name removed from it because the <laughs> film is so different to his book that it doesn't in any way resemble the short story Lawnmower Man by Stephen King. Um <laughs> So yeah, there we go. Oh, there you go. I, I found a out fact. a good a good fact just before we finish this. Yeah. Sir David Attenborough is older than sliced bread. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that is that is quite a good something. way to end this uh, intro to the podcast. And that was yes, that was the intro. And and in line, I guess, with the intro, we should introduce our new patrons for this week. Thank you very much, new patrons, for 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 joining us at the at the various tiers. This that is you the can. sort of content that you're paying for. <laughs> you're paying for this. Uh, for no, um, we did this last week as well. We ended up talking about early two thousands movies in some way, shape, or form. Did before. we? I don't. I don't remember. It, like yeah. basically, as soon as ago. we as soon as we finish the podcast and I walk out this room, just. As soon as I cross the threshold, that's it. My my memory. Like, I I don't even remember how I met you, fellas. Like oh, it's yeah. just gone. There's a yeah, absolutely. Normally the same. There's a, there's a bottle of single malt or or to unshine in between every uh, uh, podcast episode for me. Anyway, introducing our new patrons, I'd like to welcome Simon Francis. Uh, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Simon and Thai Allen as well for joining us. Or it might be Thai. I'm not sure if I'm supposed to pronounce the th as a th. But uh, welcome, welcome at the ten dollar tier. I guess I'll have to say your name twice until I work out which way to pronounce it, just so that I make sure I'm covering all the bases. Um, but yes, Thanks thank so much. you very much for 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 joining us. Now, um, now this week, obviously, the last couple of weeks, we've been. Um, Mark Packhamless, and uh, and whilst Mark Packham's been away, he has, however, ended up listening to the podcast, which has caused the 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 issue that I think we all had last week, where we all went a bit strapped crazy. And even though you weren't on the podcast, Mark, you uh, in spirit joined us for that. Yeah, I listened to the podcast, and um, yeah, so I've been off for two weeks, and yeah, listened to the podcast, and it was. Alongside all the stuff we've been doing around the Beatles on the Patreon over the last, what, month or so, two months, um, I've been like after a blue strat because, you know, the Beatles have blue strats oh, and that. is that why you yeah, wanted one? exactly that. And hearing you guys talk about it on the thing and knowing that Jay's now got one, I was like, do you know what? 
with the world's a crazy place. I'm probably not going to get to go on holiday this year. I'm going to use that cash to uh, to buy a new guitar, another new guitar. Yay! Um, yay! Um, and I also put something else, which I'll tell you about in a minute. But the blue you strap. You already own a strap. No, uh, yes, I do. But that that spiritually, that guitar belongs to guitar nerds, doesn't it? And we should say that. Are we edging ever closer to the um, mod mode? Edging. Uh, yeah. Uh, yes. Mode. Yeah. We are. We, we... <laughs> yeah. Careful. Uh, we, you'll get them excited. <laughs> we uh, we are. We're incredibly close at the moment. We're just under the fourteen hundred pound mark on our uh, uh, or dollar mark rather on our on our Patreon at the moment. So so we are a hundred US dollars away from mod mode. So for people that don't know, something we've been banging on about for a while is doing a series where we take uh, this Squire Strat that I bought a little while ago as one of the uh, FSR pink sparkle Squire double humbucker Squire Strats, uh, and we do a series of videos where we upgrade different parts on it um, and then record the results, and we've joked for a long time about it. If we hit that tier on Patreon, we will actually do it. So that Strat spiritually doesn't belong to me. It belongs to Guitar Nerds, and also, you know, it's a two humbucker Strat without any mods. Yeah. It's a pretty basic guitar no, nothing wrong with the two humbuckers strap but i like the idea of being able to like call tap it and stuff and at the moment it doesn't do that so um i've bought a strap which was um it came up and i was like oh, i remember these these are really good and it's blue and it's sort of 60s so i'm going to buy it uh, it's a um six it's an fsr 60s strat so from the classic series but the key thing is it's nitro finished um so oh wait so it's the oh right oh that's awesome it's basically the same as that jazz bass that you still have yeah i still yes my main bass yeah exactly that so it's one of those um and it's a nitro finish the the way they did them i don't know if you guys knew this but they are actually uh poly base coat but then with five layers of nitro over the top Um, i did not know that so that would be how my jazz bass has been done as well yeah exactly that with the idea being that you know the top coat's going to wear in but you're never going to wear it like through to the wood that's um, how that's how most it. that's how most nitro has been for decades yeah oh, um, really? and, and yeah, in fact, it's just how like guitars are finished that's my understanding i, I could know, be wrong but do you know when that started jay because i remember my 70s telly that i had you know 15 years ago or something had exactly that the black had worn through to a white um, what I can only assume was poly base coat. So it'd be I, interesting I think to know. It's, that does I think it's look been cool like that when... since like literally the sixties. Right. Fine. Really? Wow. Yeah, I, I think so. I, it does I, look great. I when was it reading wears something through. about it a little while ago. I can't remember. Uh, I can't remember uh, where 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 I read it, but yeah, I'm I'm sure that it was. It's something like in the sixties that happened, but people have just got this idea that nitro is. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'll, I'll see if I can dig out the article, but I read cool. about it somewhere. So yeah, it's um, it's it's. I think it's technically Daphne blue, but in the photos and stuff, it looks more like a Sonic blue, which is kind of actually more what I wanted. But we'll see when it gets here. Um, and it's matching headstock as well, so you know it doesn't get much cooler than that. So yeah, looking forward to that arriving. Um, oh, that is you, exciting. I, I can't believe we're all old and we're all playing Strats. How has this <laughs> happened? Um, but yeah, I'm really um, I'm really looking forward to it. The other thing that I bought, um, actually away from the guitar world, I bought a Yamaha Reface YC. Um, oh, yeah. Because um, I was like, okay, you know, I'm, I've got loads of time in my hands at the moment um, because you can't do anything still. Even though the pubs are open, I'm choosing to not really go out too much. So um, 
yeah, I was like, okay, well, I'll learn to play a bit of keyboard. I want something small that fits on my desk, but something with a bit of a... I didn't just want a MIDI controller because I want to be able to like take it in the living room and play on the, on the table in there. Um, so I wanted something with some inbuilt sounds. And generally, keyboards with inbuilt sounds are not fantastic. But Yam- uh, Yamaha have done this great series called the Reface series, which has three, I think? No, four keyboards in it. Yeah, four different keyboards. Um, very affordable, like the less than CS- 300 pounds. Yeah, I mean, this one I got for much less than 200 pounds. Wow. Um, so, yeah, it, th- there's four keyboards in there. The CS, the DX, the CP, and the YC. Yeah. Um, CS is more of a kind of the synth, organ. I believe. Oh, no, is this CS? Yeah, that? CS is the more synthy one. DX right. is based on the old Yamaha DX. The CP is like the electric piano, and the That's YC, right, yeah. which is the one that I've got, is the organ. Uh, oh, the red one. one. The red one, indeed. That's what, uh, so the drummer in Polymath has one of those on the side of his kit. Got it, got yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Really good, really yeah, good. Yeah, so the idea behind it is it's recreating the sounds of kind of classic organs. You've got the draw bars on there, you've got reverb, you've got chorus, you've got vibrato and a drive sound as well, if you want yeah. to make it. And, yeah, yeah, and, and the reverb is the last thing. So We actually think that sounds fantastic. Like For the money, the drive and the reverb are great. Those yeah. organ sounds, it's so wonderful for like old school rock and roll and, and you know. Exactly yeah, that. that. So Brilliant. the sounds that are in there, there is they just call them by like one letter to kind of mask what they actually are because I'm sure they can't use the actual uh, names of things. But so you've got H, V, F, A and Y. I think it's basically Hammond organ, Vox organ, Farfisa. A, I actually don't know what that is. It says A, a Japanese transistor organ. I think it's... It's some was sort of Roland thing, won't it? Uh, no, it's like um. Oh on. yeah, it's a oh, it's an old Ace Tone, which Ace is pre, Tone. That's which the pre one. Roland. That was the company that Mr. Kakahashi founded before. Got it. Oh uh, okay. Got it. And then Y, which is based on a Yamaha YC45D, which is another type of organ. Can't use that. Can't use that name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've got no rights in that. But um, the one, that, obviously, the one that I'm loving is the uh, the Hammond sound. And I was just sitting there for I don't know, probably two, three hours last night, just messing around with it, doing kind of Hammond things and wow, adding that's... distortion. My keyboard skills are pretty poor, to be honest. Oh, um, you don't need keyboard skills for a Hammond. That's the great thing about them. You can yeah, just hold just those sort of... big chords. And... Exactly. Hammer it out and then like switch the octave down and then the big bass comes in. And yeah, it's, uh, so that was um, that was cool. But I'm enjoying, enjoying that a lot. It's going to be a super musical week. Um, oh, awesome. And in fact, today, actually, just before we're podcasting, I dive a m- m- bit more into um, Studio One. Started to lay out Persona some dr- Studio One, which we spoke about months ago i guess yeah started started to lay out some drum patterns and stuff um and i'm even maybe thinking about buying some like better drum sounds for it so i can record some demos for uh when we can finally get back into a practice room in a studio to um to actually play with the band mark remind me next time we see each other in i don't know 2024 or something and i'll um I, i think i've got here a uh one of the fender pinwheels the um rotary speaker emulator if you want to give that a go and there's like they a keyboard very good impedance input nice um, i mean uh, to be honest the reface already has a leslie simulator on oh it. nice okay cool. yeah and it's got It'd like um uh, you know like how keyboards do like pitch modulation on a stick kind of thing it's got one of those and i think the settings are fast slow stop and off so you can just turn oh, it nice. off completely okay. but Great. you can also sort of jam between slow and fast it's uh yeah it's super cool the whole the whole thing is um 
Great, and it's speakers built in as well and headphone output and loads of recording outs and you can USB it and stuff. So, yeah, I'm going to uh, just mess around with that, really. Yeah, a, a wonderful tool. A great, a great bought, purchase. Sorry, I Matty? bought a MIDI keyboard this week. <laughs> well, there we go. Yeah, but you're you're going to be doing like crazy synth sounds. That, well, that I just want this to knock around like in the living room. I tell you what, I tell you on the on the sort of thread of of Persona Studio One and Matt buying a MIDI keyboard and keyboards in general. Whilst I do promise, listener, we'll talk about guitars at some point on this podcast. Um, uh, there is a new free VST electric piano out and about at the moment called Cassette Roads, um, which is like a so it sounds like an electric piano that's been recorded into a crackly old cassette tape. Cassette, cassette tape, tape? <laughs> a cassette, cassette tape. tape, a cassette tape. Oh god, <laughs> cassette tape. I think you a mean cassette guy. tape. Yes, that is that is what I was trying to say. Um, so yeah, so it's a, a completely free um, VST, and yeah, it will give you that lo-fi electric keyboard sound. So Matt, very you know, really worth getting hold of because I thought it sounded well, absolutely excellent. Made by Sample Science, who are I, um... a fantastic VST brand. I bought mine because I wanted a MIDI controller for my little uh, JU06 Juno keyboard because that's got mini keys. I want something with full-size keys, but still was only 25 note. And oh. I was like, wait a second. It's got controller knobs on it and stuff. Sends out MIDI data. Could plug it into my pedal board and then use it to like change uh, parameters on some of my MIDI pedals in real time while also playing the keyboard. Yes. Um, so I'm going to have a little bit of an experiment with that and see if I can use like the mod wheel and stuff to use as like pitch bend on an even tide while Ooh. changing the clock speed on a mood while trying to play keyboard and guitar at the same time. Yeah, I was going to say, are you actually going to use... I'm never going to gig either, so it doesn't are, really matter. Are you going to take the audio from the keyboard and put it through the pedals or are you going to actually just plug the guitar in at the same time, no, play I the thought... keyboard... And then edit the guitar sound while you're playing keyboard. I thought um, that because I've got monitors here, I could play keyboard and then just I've got a bunch of racked effects that I could run the keyboard through and then have my guitar running through a pedal board. It's a ridiculous setup for someone who doesn't leave their bedroom. Um, <laughs> well, no, it's the perfect setup for someone who doesn't leave their bedroom. <laughs> Uh, maybe it's a it's a more ridiculous um, setup for the person who has to share the house with me. Yeah, um, I mean, there's the there's certainly that aspect that. of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I thought, why not? And actually, as a MIDI key MIDI controller keyboard, it was forty five pounds. So there you go. Wow. Didn't even didn't even have to break the bank to control my pedals with my hands <laughs> when I'm supposed to be playing guitar with my hands. <laughs> uh, no one plays guitar anymore, mate. Nah, so I, I actually speaking of playing guitar, <clears throat> my my strat did actually show up this week. I didn't think it. Oh I didn't yeah. Think it, yeah, I didn't think oh, it'd be here until. Of course, you sent us pictures. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I, I didn't think it'd be here for for another week or so. But yeah, it, it came really quickly. And um, I, I tell you what, position two—that's where the money is. I was about to ask. Really? Oh, I was sorry, position, I didn't. Position no, two. I had no idea position, you were in a but... funk band, Jay. Position Cross. two. It sounds so good, and I think part of the problem, and also I think I've discovered why I've never owned a strap before. Um, you know how we kind of always joke about the fact that I've got a very, uh, basically everything I do is very trebly. Like I talk very trebly, I play guitar very trebly, I play bass very trebly. Like you are the physical incarnation of treble. Yeah, I just I don't understand how. I make a guitar sound like that. Like on my amp, I've got the treble turned basically off and the bass turned basically all the way to the top. And it just, 
it's ear piercingly trebly, and I, yeah. I don't understand why what it is that I'm doing that makes it sound ear. But it's it's always been like that. Whenever I was playing guitar in the shop, people knew it was me. Not only because of you know the fact that I only know two chords, but also just because I've apparently I've just got this very distinctive guitar style. Which I is don't think I've terrible. ever seen anyone strum as hard as you. Every time yeah. I see you strum a guitar, I'm concerned the guitar's gonna snap. I don't yeah, think that's do- a bad thing. I think that's a wonderful stylistic thing about Jay Cross guitar playing. But, yeah, I, yeah, I do you- play guitar very hard, and same with bass actually. I, play, I and maybe that's what it is. But um, yeah, what I found is that if I go into position two, um, basically that I can make that sound like a bridge pickup for normal people. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's really good. The strat strats very good. This breaking news from guitar nerds: strats <laughs> are good. Oh, wonderful, wonderful! You're in well, for a treat, Mark. Let me let me give you a little uh, let me give you a little tip. Position two. I will absolutely never be playing on position two. <laughs> Mark's a position three man, right in the middle. <laughs> the worst absolutely. position on a strat. I just I just love it. I love that middle pickup on its own. It's my oh. favourite sound. Oh, yeah. Well. Well, my my uh, my love of of Stratocasters was kind of short lived, and uh, <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, don't get me wrong; I'm still super into them. It's just um, that I started playing this uh, the the Reverend Greg Koch Gristlemaster Cock Cock uh, Gristlemaster again. Um, I started playing that, um, and and it's re- it's really good. It's really good because it's just been sitting around. And me and Emma wanted to record a new. Uh, a new track over the weekend, like an instrumental synth and guitar thing. And we'd sort of laid down drums. I'd done some samples. She'd done some synth. And we were like, oh, yeah, let's put some guitar here. And I just sort of grabbed the nearest thing to me, which was the, the Gristle Master. And, um, and it was absolutely fantastic. I mean, it was fantastic. And we ended up laying down loads and loads of guitar on the track. And I was just like, oh. Everything I do with it sounds absolutely wonderful, um, and and because it was so wonderful, I was like, yeah, I think I need a Telecaster, which is an annoying thing to realise only a month after you've sold your Baja Telecaster. <laughs> um, so I'm on the hunt for a Telecaster. So I started thinking, what Telecaster should I buy? Do I rebuy a Baja? Do I get something else? I was looking at the Squire Esquires, things like that. And then I started thinking like, well, I, I mean, you know what? I really like the Telecaster. I'm not especially using the ES-175 on a lot of oh, stuff no. at the moment. So I was like, well, what if, what if I sell the ES-175 and I buy a really nice Telecaster? So that that was one of the options. I did also consider the Reverend um, Buckshot. Have you seen the the Buckshots? The it's the uh, Telecaster style guitar, not in the Telecaster body shape. So it's uh, it's the Reverend's own sort of rounder, single cut body shape, um, but it has like a Gretsch style um, sort of you know TV Jones style pickup in the neck and then Tele pickup in the bridge, but with um, uh, with a like a stoptail bridge, um, so it's kind of a little bit of everything, and they're very very nice. You can also get it, get it in in like a gloss black with binding and a torque guard, and a roasted maple neck. And I will say the neck is the thing that's very that I'm very much enjoying on the uh, on the Greg Cock uh, that's here. So I'm, I'm I was thinking about that, but then I was like, but I only really like old guitars. Maybe I should just do that. So I started looking around at Fender Custom Shops, 
Why didn't anyone tell me that Fender Custom Shops have got so expensive? I thought they were like two grand, two and a half grand. They're they've, all they've like three and a half grand now. They've also never been that much money. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I can't remember. When I worked at GEC, I was mostly drunk. So I assume I was accidentally selling those custom shops for a thousand pounds less than they were. Oh, yeah. that's the cost price. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, st- I looked at, I started looking around at some custom shops to see what was there. And, and uh, I started looking around at some old guitars. And guys, I want, I want your opinion. So if, uh, if, if everyone can just, you know, be in the, uh, the the little chat that we've got open. I've just posted you all a link. Um, this is great me, radio. I love yeah, it. Yeah, well, you just got to click on a link. It won't take a second. So, you know, click that. And what, what do you think? So I'm thinking, dear listener, about this 1978 um, blonde Telecaster. That looks great. Really good. With a, do you think 1978's I, a good year? Is that um, a good, that's, can I, that's can exactly I get that? the year that I had a guitar from. And... To be honest, it wasn't a great telly. It was fine. Right. I mean, I miss it because I had a bit of a sort of connection with it and used it to write loads of stuff back in the day uh, when I was in my early 20s. Um, but it's not the best year for tellies. Like, it's, it's not, is fine. it? No. I, I mean, I would say if you want like a practical guitar to like buy and use, get something fairly modern because... Get, like the get- Something yeah. from the the 2010s or the just, 2020s. No. Can I not get an old one? You don't think I should get an old one? 1980s Elite Strat. Get oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or the I Elite did, Telly. Yeah. The, the old Elite that. Telly. No. So, That's what you want. The best thing I could find from sort of the modern tellies uh, is that Fender actually released a, a, a limited edition American Pro Ash Telecaster in burgundy mist with a solid rosewood neck. Yeah, yeah, I bet that'd be board. really nice. Um, they go for about seventeen hundred pounds, which isn't, you know, uh, really the end of the world for something with such a unique neck. Downsides, perloid plate, but that can be changed. Um, you know, so that that's my modern my modern option. But then, you know, I was just looking around for something older. I don't. I don't think that telly's very nice. The one that so, you pulled up. I just. So f- I, I'm. F- I'm not a fan of blonde. So let's, what Joe let's has brought describe up, it for the listeners. Yeah. Essentially, it's the classic Fender Telecaster. It's what you think of when someone says Telecaster. So it's no caster blonde, black uh, black guard, uh, two single coils, but it's got a rosewood. It's got a rosewood board. It just it doesn't look right to me. It doesn't look I would right to rather me. Maybe. Also, that what? that like the shape is weird. Like it looks weird. It looks like a proper Friday afternoon job. Yeah, it. it like look I, at the. I always think. Sorry, go Jay, on, you go. I, was just, I mean, I, look, I was at the, say... look at the... <laughs> go on, Matty, you go, you go. I think there might be a delay on the audio feed. Um, I was going to say, those 70s ones always, to me, look overly rounded. Yeah, they I just, think... They just look like everything is just like... Really? It's almost like no one wanted to hurt themselves on the top part of a telly. <laughs> so they were like, we better make sure we really make sure the edges are rounded. So the, yeah, and, and the, that on one the one I had, I had Matty, just to, to explain that a little bit, on the one that I had, the lacquer was so thick on it that, yeah, it looked like it had been like dipped in something. You know what I mean? Like it was, re- it was weird. It was much chunkier than you would imagine a telly to be. And it was purely down to the fact that the lacquer... Was the top coat? You know, like I said earlier, you know, it had a poly 
um, base coat, but then the the layers of black lacquer above that were so thick that yeah, it almost lost the telly shape. It was weird, and it, it's from the same year as this one. Mm. I just, That's I mean, weird. even it just yeah, just it doesn't look like the right shape to me. It, I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's legit, but I, I just think it was, it was made on a Friday afternoon, and they just wanted to get to the pub. Um, okay. that's okay. that's what it seems like to me just, but um yeah i do uh, i do there is a custom shop option that i'm considering which again i've, I've popped a little link there for you guys to click on and it's an esquire rather than a telecaster um and again it is a rosewood neck and and yes jay i would prefer like a really dirty used maple neck but i've really struggled to find like a premium you know either custom shop or old telly with a maple neck for less than three and a half thousand pounds no one's selling um, they're too good well yeah yeah that that may well be the case admittedly that es175 is worth about four grand um so you know i could stretch to more for the telly but i kind of i'm loath to spend more than two and a half on a bolt on but um, guitar nerds is brought to you in association with faith guitars based right here in the uk faith guitars are designed by british guitar luthier patrick james eggle who has been hand building guitars for decades for some of the biggest names in the business founded in 2002 faith guitars have been voted the uk's best acoustic guitars five times in a row by both the public and panels of music industry experts so you can be confident in your new faith guitar like all quality acoustics, Faith guitars are made of all solid tone wood, so you can be sure they'll start off sounding great and improve year on year. Faith don't use laminated woods, but you'll be pleased to know that despite the all solid tone woods, the superb specification and handmade construction, Faith guitars are still affordable, with prices starting at around £450 or $600. US Discover the range at faithguitars.com and then visit one of the many UK or European retailers to try them for yourself. But hold up! If you're in the USA or Canada, you can buy direct at faithguitarsusa.com and by using the coupon code NERDS at the checkout, you can get an exclusive 10% discount. So, in the UK and Europe, check out the guitars at your local dealer or faithguitars.com. But for North American listeners... Buy direct at faithguitarsusa.com and use the coupon code NERDS for a special 10% off at the checkout. That's USA coupon code NERDS at the checkout. Faith Guitars, award-winning acoustics, designed right here in the UK. One of the most popular Ernie Ball Music Man models, the John Petrucci Majesty, is being expanded with four brand new striking finishes. Now offered in Pink Sand, Red Phoenix, Smoked Pearl and Ember Glow, the 2020 Majesty features a lightweight Akume body, signature Dimasio Rainmaker and Dreamcatcher pickups, and an onboard piezo bridge system that gives the guitar a focused and highly versatile versatile palette of tones head to music-man.com to learn more that's music-man now back to the show the um you know the sales platform that you've um sent us to with one of these links looks like there's a great roland g707 1980 <laughs> silver 
in silver with, with matching G700 floor synth for only £1,600, which I would say is a much better buy and will probably suit you and your music far better <laughs> um, because it not only has a horn, top horn, that extends past the body, but it also attaches to the headstock. So, um, <laughs> what? Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, of course yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, There's... why have a telly when you can plug into a Roland G700 synthesizer? That is, that is wonderful advice. And, and one of the things that I did think when I started going down this rabbit hole of like, do I spend a lot of money on a used fender? I'm, I'm in a bit of a fender kick at the moment. Um, so, you know, whilst I was going down that line, I did discover late 70s Antigua hardtail. Fender Stratocaster. Oh, that oh, sounds fantastic. That what? sounds amazing. I'm into yeah. that totally. Hard t- hardtail strats, they all weighed a ton. And uh, and yeah, Antigua Burst. And there were a number of them all on uh, you know various uh, sort of secondhand sites for a reasonable sum of money, like 15, between £1,500 and two grand, you can get that an Antigua great. Stratocaster. Yes, I, yes. uh, I've I've had the pleasure of playing at least oh, yeah? two of those Antigua hardtails. And what do you think? One of them fantastic in true seventies fashion. The other one a dog. Oh, um, that's the risk, isn't it? That's the risk yeah. of going seventies Fender. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. It's and, and like I said, you know that telly that I had was not a great guitar, although I feel uh, nostalgic about it. But some seventies stuff, exactly the same year, exactly the same color, everything the same fantastic some of it not great it's the problem isn't it i think if i go vintage i almost need to go uh, you know the latest you can probably go is 1969 with with fender well, i mean I, down... I don't think that's true i think i think no? it's just with with those guitars is that they're so they're so individual and they're so different you've, yeah. you've just got to try them like and it's the same with the 60s stuff as well some of the 60s stuff you you see is is a real hounds but yeah. like Matt, you had that uh, 70s telly, and that 72. wasn't very good. Yeah, 72, which that 78 reminds me exactly of, of the one that I had. Does I, it? I, I was, I was thinking say, about that at the time. Why, why don't you go down the route of, like, Greco or some of the sort of much older sort of Japanese they did, yeah. There, there's some, fa- there's definitely some fantastic stuff, and I'll probably find a gem if I go down that route. I was just thinking, you know, of the amount of money I have tied up in guitars and. Um, more as to, to be honest, when I when I played guitar just a little bit, um, it was totally fine that the guitar I had was one hundred percent for looks, which is what the ES one seven five is. But as I start to play guitar more and more and play guitar more seriously and want to play guitar in projects and bands and stuff, I kind of require a guitar that does the you know that does the job as well as has the looks and i've just found that i seem to be airing more to if i'm considering the amount of instruments i'm surrounded by every day sort of the you know the 40 plus guitars i have in this room around me i'm tending to if i just want something to sound good if i'm not thinking about how stuff is looking or anything like that if i just want a record or a piece to sound good i pick up a telecaster um, Why don't you just get the ultimate workman's guitar, which um, I was going to say Baja Telly, but not that. Why don't you get just like a, a mid, or a, like a 2008 American standard telly in like no, natural maple? No, 2012. Because um, 2012 is when it gets good. Gloss necks. I have to have gloss necks. 
Yeah. Or, or roasted. I can ha- I can stand the roasted on the on the. Why don't you just play it more, fine. and then it will go glossy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, no. It has to be has to be custom shop or old. It's okay. got to be one of those two things. Or one old or, custom shop. I could find an alternative brand, like a tea style brand that makes something you know interesting and good. I could look down that route. I'm just you know I'm kind of. I, I tend to be sort of of that. Like if I want to play a, a Telecaster, I kind of want to play a Fender. You know. But um, which is weird, know. considering you know your day job. What's my day job? Flogging, oh yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> flogging <Going to Japanese. laughs> I mean, I'm going to let you finish the sentence. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you, everyone. Thank you for your advice today. I'm going to continue on this hunt for the ultimate Telecaster. I'm sure it exists. I guess I was just disappointed today when I thought I was going to be met by pages and pages of incredible vintage guitars to find that I was kind of priced out by the Telecaster, which, you know, I guess whilst I'm saying, oh, yes, I do think the Telecaster is the ultimate guitar, I'm I'm very surprised that for... Well, not surprised, I guess I knew the price tag. I'm surprised that I'm looking at the same amount of money for a good telly as I am for a custom shop ES-175 when you think about the 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 workmanship that goes the, the time involved in making an ES one seven five yeah in but it's down to, to demand though I mean compare of that custom is, shop yeah. telly with a custom shop you know three four five or whatever you know the the three three five style guitars that are way more popular you know yeah. I can't imagine they take more or less work than your one seven five but they're yeah. usually a lot more expensive because more people want to buy them. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. I guess that is the. I guess that is the case. I might, I might grow out of this in a week and keep the one seven five, but I don't, I don't know. I, I feel no, like that doesn't a... sound like you, Joe. You're a man of uh, strong convictions. <laughs> I can't imagine you growing one at thing, all, Joe. That's a, that's a, that's the thing that whenever anyone says that Joe Branton, what's he like? And I'm like, I tell you what, I tell you one thing, he never bloody changes his mind. That's a, that's a. That's... Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Something about Joe Branton, honestly. That that is me. Anyway, moving on from my Telecaster infatuation. um, uh, 
Shagpile Deluxe? Indeed. I'll take this one. So, um, a pedal that I've discovered in my two weeks off uh, from a company that I've not actually heard of before. And I just wanted to shout it out because I thought it was very, very cool. Um, the Bluff Chill Devices Shagpile Deluxe. Now, um, <coughs> Bluff Chill are a UK company building sort of like short runs, limited runs of, of pedals. Some of them are their own designs. Some of them are kind of clone style things. Um, and the one that really stood out to me was the reason that I actually discovered the company was the Shagpile Deluxe. Um, the Shagpile Deluxe uh, is described as a lo-fi double tracking pedal. Um, basically, what it is, it's like the ultimate ambient pedal. Um, you've got four rotary controls and a switch. So <clears throat> you've got tracking, which is delay time, flutter, uh, which controls the strength of the envelope follower, Mix is your wet-dry control, and then feedback uh, basically is your feedback control. You've also got then got the mode switch, which allows the, uh, they describe it as, allows the wobble to be re-triggered by each repeat. So I guess it's like feeding the delay back into the modulation. Um, and if you want something that sounds like kind of chill wave, I guess... Um, that is how I would you describe... You don't know what that is. Yeah, I do. It's like... You uh, don't know what that it's means. It's like Macintosh Plus and that, isn't it? I, just... I, I know about music. You've you've been on the front page of Reddit and you've seen someone talking about... You don't know what Chill Wave is. I, when uh, when it was still possible to listen to it, uh, I listened to that Macintosh Plus album a lot. It's It was good. Um, Lo-fi, chill hot beats to... Uh, study to volume five exactly that yeah i listen to a lot of beats to uh relax and study to um but yeah this this pedal is awesome um and he makes a, a bunch of other cool stuff as well the it looks like from the website the only current pedals are shagpile deluxe uh the higher ground treble boost um which is uh i think a hang on let me just pull this up um yeah germanium trill boost like classic range master um the robo dog which is a octave down synth which is really really impressive matt i think you'd be really into it um and i, I think the um the yeah. bat box their germanium fuzz i think what's great is no power no leds and then you have to put some aa batteries in the top <gasps> yeah sounds awesome two aas that clip into the front of the pedal what like Hang a on. torch yeah basically yeah. <laughs> yeah um but that looks to be sold out it looks to be sold out at the moment but from what i understand you can basically get anything made so i'm sure he would make some more. The like only other torch. one that looks like it's current right now is the Ectoverb, which is described as a ghostly space reverb. Um, all the stuff is very much built with that kind of um, noise, ambient in mind. And the great thing is, they're no money. The ghostly space reverb is £89. The Shagpile Deluxe, which is oh the most goodness. expensive pedal, I believe, is £109. Um, and I don't think right now... Like, if you were to buy... The um, Shagpile Deluxe and the Robo Dog, which I think are the two most interesting pedals, you'd be spending less than two hundred quid, and they are both absolutely wicked. Hundred and nine pounds. That I'm I'm throwing it out there. That is the best hundred and nine pounds you can spend on a pedal right now. I I like the fact that he does a mystery fuzz, fifty nine quid, and you can be guaranteed that it is built by hand, contains some mystery NOS components, sounds amazing, tried and tested based on one of these classic uh, pedals. That's cool. 
either Tone Bender, Fuzz Face, FZ1, or the Harmonic Percolator, among others. Most likely oh, Germanium is totally unique and one-off. It's worth my, way more than £59. That is Joe, awesome. you've got a you've, you've got a fella that you can pay £59 to and they give you some sort of mystery product, don't you? Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, £59. You've got to be round on the... You've got to... It's notes only. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay, yeah, yeah. There's but, no pound coin coming back to you there. <laughs> uh, yes. Anyway, that does sound awesome. I want to spend £60 on a mystery fuzz. I think I just want to get lots of harmonic percolators and chain them all together mm. but but yeah like i said bluff chill devices um check them out the shagpile deluxe i think i don't even know if it came out this year there's not enough information for me to know whether or not but you know potential gear of the year yeah i'm saying it now oh yeah i mean very very cool we will definitely get in touch with them and get hold of some of their bits and bobs um <laughs> over the next few Ooh. weeks Pe- pedals pedals so- goodness goodness anyway um, I guess without you know, further ado, uh, we, as we haven't done any for for two weeks, three weeks, something like that, uh, we should do some news. News. First, uh, first up on the on the news, Mark Packham. I'm going to be aiming at you. Oh no, the, uh... I haven't read it properly. <laughs> <laughs> can we get someone else? Uh, well, we, we we can indeed. We we can indeed. Jay Cross. Um, why don't we? Why don't we talk to you? I hope about... you're going to talk to me about the very cool thing that you've given me to talk about. Why don't you pick what you're going to talk about? Because evidently, everyone has only read selected news items. Um, I've so been yeah, off for t- two weeks. I've forgotten them. how this works. That's totally fine, Mark Packham. I don't, I don't hold it against you at all. Jay Cross, why don't you tell me uh, about whatever news item uh, you've been allocated that you want to talk about? I'm going to say the word eventide to you, and then I'm going to say the word <laughs> power to you, and then I'm going to suffix that with either mini, mini EXP, or max rev 2. That's right. Eventide have released three new power supplies. <laughs> oh, God. Which, as we all know, is the best part of any rig. Um, and, yeah, these look these look really good. So the Power Mini is a, uh, is a very like very very small um power supply which runs uh, you've got two um outputs at nine volt dc 660 milliamps which is a lot um and then two other outputs which you can switch uh 9 12 15 or 18 also running at 660 now i don't think there's anything that does that i don't think there's anything very good yeah, like, I don't considering think, I its think... size, it's tiny, and I know yeah. it's only four outputs, but those are four great outputs. To, for what it's worth, you can daisy chain off of those outputs quite easily. Yeah, and it's, yeah. It's now, very you know, small. Matty, what's the um, what's the uh, power rating of the H nine? Do you know offhand? Uh, it's not going to be more. It's not going to be more than four hundred, surely. I no, think it's. It, it is. is. I yeah, think I it's think about it... 500, but it's center pin positive. Oh, right. Um, that, that no, that can't. That doesn't, that doesn't make I mean, sense. Surely, surely this is designed to power those. Oh, yeah, yeah. It would just be a different, it would just be a different um, plug on the end. Oh, yeah, I suppose so. It would yeah, just be okay. a different adapter. Yeah. 
would just be a different but, adapter. Yeah, of course. Yeah, okay. But yeah, so this is um, this. These will inevitably be uh, designed to um, to run those. Uh, is the H nine because I, I I think I can't remember offhand, but I think the H nine is five hundred or something. And yeah, it, 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 it is. It's something around that. The, yeah, there's um, just so few things that will that will power it, especially with so many people using multiple H nines at the moment. Um, having a power supply that will allow you to run multiple is is pretty rare, you know. The only other power supply that I think comes close to this on the market is the Strymon. Uh, the Strymon... Uh, Ohi. The Zuma. And the, yeah, the Zuma the big, and the Ohi. The, the Zuma has nine 500 milliamp outputs. Yeah. The OJ. Yeah. Um, um, so, no, the Ohi is what it's... Yeah, I remember. Like that. Oh, yeah, I, we I mean, we I went through this. Yeah. yeah, yeah, okay. Oh, oh OJ, you were talking to me. um so then there's the power max rev 2 which which obviously replaces the existing power max um so that you've got um all your uh, you know all the outputs that you want so i think there's eight outputs on that seven outputs on that sorry um and uh then you've also got the power mini exp which is the expander kit for the power max rev 2 um and that is the same as the Power Mini, um, but you are able to connect it to the Power Max. Yeah, uh, I think so that's... So chain off similarly, it like like the uh, the Zuma and the Ohi. Yeah, I think that's just... I think that's a great thing that all power supplies need to do, really. I mean, I've, I use the Gig Rig one, which is expandable. I think the Strymon one's great, because once you're... <laughs> You don't want to be in a situation where you've bought like a Voodoo Labs Mondo. It's got 12 outputs and then you're like, oh, sort of need to... Because the way that the, the Voodoo Labs one worked, you had to buy a male-to-female IEC cable and then physically use the, the output yeah. from yeah, 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 that yeah. to that. And it's like, you can just you might as well just use a tiny normal connector. So I think it's just it's way better to do it this way. And it just means it frees up space on your pedal board and ultimately probably works out a bit cheaper with uh cleaner power supply output to your pedals. So yeah, yeah. I think this is great. Yeah, yeah I think I think these are really good. Uh I, th- I think they they look very cool. I haven't seen a price anywhere. Um so I'm not sure how much they all are, but um I'm just going to google it right now. Uh, so the PowerMax V2 is 260 quid, there or thereabouts, um, which seems to be about the sort of price that you would expect to pay for an eight output power supply, uh, well, seven output power supply of this uh, kind of quality. Uh, power Mini, can't find a price. Oh, yeah, 120 quid for the Power Mini EXP. So the uh, standard Power Mini will be similar sort of money. So, yeah, you know, it's, as with all things, um, it's... Uh, it seems like a lot of money, but these things are expensive. You know, if you want to pay stuff properly, if you're running that kind of super high fidelity gear, then um, you just unfortunately got to spend the money. I say unfortunately, it's not unfortunate at all because power supplies, as we all know, are very cool. I think, um, <laughs> I think, as we always said, it's probably one of the most boring things you can spend your money on. But nah. once you buy a good one, that's, yeah. uh, that's don't say that that's to him. Don't nah. you've started you, him off. You bite your tongue. Mate. Jay, you, I've heard you say that out of your own mouth. Yeah, no, you're right. You're um, right. No, it is. It's, they're just not very sexy, but they are interesting and they are cool. Uh, that's that's the bottom line. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. Jay Cross said so. 
<laughs> you did say so. It's true. Now, another cool thing that's uh, that's come out this week, which in fact we have been sent, and I have it on authority that this we, we might have one of you know, the the, own, the first ones in the UK to have a have a butcher's at to have a, a a demo playthrough is the dark glass elements. Um, now the elements, or well, element, sorry, the dark glass element is a um, a headphone amplifier, but it's like a it's like a whole different, a whole new grade of headphone amplifier. So for a start, just to make it incredibly cool, everything on its um, it's touch controlled. So it's all like, so you've got all the the sliders and the single button are. Yeah, there's no there's no buttons on it. It's all like ooh, touch sensitive, which I think is very cool. It's oh, very that premium. Looks, that's wicked. Yeah. yeah, it's very cool, and I mean that's something that is not kind of unique to this pedal for dark glass. They uh, um, they introduced this on one of their compressors on the hyper luminal compressor. Um, had the sort of the, that like minimal uh, plane surface and, and no controls or anything. Um, so the element it's uh, whilst dark glass, I guess you know. Listener, you're thinking Dark Glass are a, a, a bass brand, but this is actually suitable for guitar or bass. And it's a headphone amp kind of with a difference because you can use it in several different ways. It's got a handful of inputs. So you could just run straight from your guitar through your pedal board straight into the element. And then you can choose. It's got a lovely, clean preamp built in there, whether it's a guitar or bass that you're running through. And then you've got five cab sims. Um, it's also Bluetooth connective, so you can play backing tracks along with it. But also, um, if those cab sims are, are not to your fancy, you can actually uh, you can actually access the Dark Glass Suite um, via its its USB connectivity, and you can switch those up, and you can choose new cab sims, which is very very cool. Um, and that's and, but all, not... that all comes included in the price. Yeah, yeah, that's all kind of as as standard with it. But what's what's quite cool is you know just plugging straight into it isn't your only option. Um, you can use it straight out of your um, straight out of your cab into the into the unit, or you can use it straight out of your head, provided it's not a, a valve head because it's not a because it's not a um, a load box as such. So if you've got a class D, so I guess that applies maybe slightly more to bass players, and you can access the cab sims off of there. But it's just an incredibly versatile unit. Which is you know built to dark glasses you know finish high standard. Um, it's a, it's, a, it's a very I cool preamp with some really high quality um, IRs kind of built in. I, I I just think it's normally when you get headphone amplifiers they're sort of built to a really basic standard, and this is the first one I've come across that has been like this is a premium product. This is a premium headphone amp for for sort of home use, and uh, yeah, I'm very into it for for that reason. Yeah, I I think you know there's there's an increased amount of products like this that you can put on your pedal board. So if you're at home, you can just plug headphones in, or you could take it into a gig and then send a separate output to um you know whoever's doing sound i just think that's yeah. just just great i like i think that great product. more than anything i think the design of everything that dark glass does just oh, it just everything, looks brilliant it looks so good dark glass are one of those companies that one of few companies i think in the guitar world the guitar everything in guitars is kind of it has its own uh look that is separate from time as it were 
And Dark Glass is one of those few companies that is very modern. You know, it's like this is in line with the fact that we're in the year 2020. You know, everything Dark Glass does looks like a, an Apple product. You know, it's very modern, very sleek. Um, yeah, but it's better than that. It's, it's more than that, though, as well, isn't it? Because, like, lots of companies make stuff that are Apple product-esque. And it's just that doesn't appeal to me you know other than like my phone or a computer or something right i don't want a coffee machine that looks like it's been made by apple i don't want <laughs> a uh you know i don't want a clock that looks like it's been made by apple but uh-huh. th- this this looks really good it, it i don't think saying oh you know it looks like it's made by apple I, that kind of sounds like it's selling itself short to me it it just looks like very modern in a like very individualistic way, I, th- I think the dark glass, like you, I think the dark glass stuff is is really cool. Yeah, um, it's very cool. I, yeah, I think everything they do, and also it's like it's very understated because you know some of the stuff is just so raucous and nasty sounding, and it comes from such like a pretty looking box. You know what I mean? It's uh, yeah, a pretty mad, pretty mad company. Yeah, it's 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 very cool. But also, I guess the also uh, forgot to mention that. That we're recording this, guys, ahead of this product's release because it is uh, is due for release on the um, on the on the eighth, despite what other websites might have leaked up until now. So, uh, so you know, so this is the the first day of the official release of the Dark Glass Element. So, uh, a very cool, very cool product. And you know, and this podcast listeners... go out early. Uh... <laughs> No, it's fine. It's totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can already see several articles about it on the internet, so I think yeah, exactly. It's definitely yeah, it's definitely been. Uh... <laughs> well, you know, if everyone else is breaking the embargo, then it's fine, right? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, oh well. And anyway, okay, let's move on. Mark, I'm going to give you a little <laughs> bit more time. No, so I, I can do it now. I can do it now. I can read it now. It's fine. I want to read it now. Do, do you? Because I'm not sure. I want you to just read something without, you know, really knowing what you're talking about. Why do you think I, I mean? Uh, why do you think <laughs> I haven't spoken for the last ten minutes? Cause I've yeah, been reading. <laughs> okay, Mark. Because I've actually given you a really cool piece of news. Yeah, this uh, is this is that. actually really good. Which is why I wanted to do it now, just to make sure we definitely talk about it because it's also uh, there's a there's a timed element to it as well. So. Um, Greek company Jam Pedals have announced a brand new uh, charitable project called Lending a Hand. What they have done is they've produced limited edition versions of 15 of their pedals. Um, and they're in like a special gold finish and they all kind of tie in together in a, a sort of aesthetic way. Um, and there's only, so there's 15 pedals, 15 models, there's 10 of each. Uh, And the key thing is that each one of them has been signed, like each product type has been, the the, um, 10 of each of them have been signed by a particular artist. So the, uh, I actually don't have who's signed what here, but I can tell you who the artists are. So it's Nels Klein, Graham Coxon, Bill Frizzell, Julian uh, Lag. Large? I don't know how you, I don't know who that is, but um, yes. Sean Ono Lennon, Steve Lukather, Jay Maskis, Lee Ronaldo, Noel Rogers, Richie Sambora, Neil Sean, John Schofield, Alex Skolnick, Andy Timmons, and David Torn. Um, and so yeah, they've picked you know like one of the pedals each and then signed the ten of those. And the way they're kind of selling these and the way they're doing the uh, charitable stuff is really really interesting. So if you go to jampedals.com forward slash lending hyphen a hyphen hand um basically the 
the higher donation you put in, the more chance you have of getting one. So it's like basically the 150 top donations. Uh, I think this is how well, it's worded a bit confusingly, but it explains it more on the site. Um, like 150 top donations will get one of the pedals. Um, and that's between 21st of June, which is obviously passed, right up until the 12th of July, which is next week. Um, and yeah, basically, if you put in a, don- a high donation, you've got a chance of getting one of these pedals. Um, and all the money is going to a range of charities supporting musicians who are obviously out of work uh, because of COVID-19. So the charities are Music Cares, Jazz Coalition, Jazz Foundation, New Music USA, Crew Nation, and the Northern Greece Musicians Union. Um, so... Yeah, a really cool thing to be doing. The pedals look great as well because they've got this like special edition gold finish to them, and the jam artwork in general is really good. I um, sorry, Mark. Just to add on to that for the artists. If you go to the website, go to Lending a Hand, it tells you which artists have signed which yes pedals, and it's also given a minimum bid amount to stop people going like, oh yeah, those look cool. I'll put in ten dollars yeah. um they're just like look be serious about this yeah. um but yeah you and i think all the artists have done a little video using the pedals as well which is very cool yeah it's um yeah everything on there looks it's just super cool the th- you know there's there's been a few people doing these projects to support musicians in the music industry and for me this is the one that has stood out the most this is really cool like it a lot it is very cool. I love jam pedals. They are totally awesome. When um my my you know jam pedals are a brand that we when we all worked at at GAC, I think they were as Matt you and me talked about jam pedals quite a lot when we did our Patreon series, the pedals that yeah. made us. Yeah. Um, they were one of the first boutique brands that we got in at GAC. They were for me the first ever pedal brand I'd seen that were like you know hand painted and stuff. I'd never seen pedals looking that. DIY before um, they yeah. were, you know, extremely cool. But also, um, it, my sort of fondest memory of jam pedals is actually when we had um, when we had one orderer in for uh, for he he did like an Ampeg um, session. Do you remember? Do you, I can't remember how many of us actually worked there when we when when we had I him. I wasn't there at in. the time. He no. did a. I was there when he did a Earthquaker. It was it, yeah. It, it was it was Earthquaker and Ampeg. It was a few bands oh, okay. all, all all together. Um, so we were giving away Ampeg pedals. I think that's why I, I said Ampeg. But you're right. It was Earthquaker as the main one. I think we gave away some mono stuff as well. Um, but he'd he'd obviously arrived earlier in the day and was checking out the shop and he wanted to try some pedals and he'd never seen or heard of jam pedals. And so we got all of the jam pedals out of the out of the cupboard, and uh, and he was playing with all of those. And I think what was the chorus called? Because he absolutely loved that. The waterfall, the waterfall's amazing. Yeah. That we've talked about that a lot. And it's yeah. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I think um, yeah, they're definitely a brand we need to talk more about. I think what's one thing that's great, obviously. Uh, I think a lot of people saw that at Nam they did the Pink Flow. I think we talked about it on the podcast. Um, you, which is five or six of their pedals in one enclosure um you can actually go to their website and build your own custom what uh, multi-pedal um so 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 it's not just a limited thing they do you can go up to 20 pedals holy uh, moly (laughs) 
in in one enclosure so you can select you know i mean if you really want to you could have 20 of the same i guess can you um, tier it or does it have to be in it's a tiered yeah so 3xl 2 tier 15 to 20 pedals <gasps> 2xl 2 tier 11 to 14 xl 2 tier 11, 7 to 11 large 4 to 7 medium 3 to 4 or small 2 to 3 how, you can also how, add how much a, is the medium uh it they don't give you prices because I think it depends on what pedals you put yeah, in it. Okay. Um, all analog, you can add in things like <gasps> AB switches, send and return oh jacks. Goodness. You can add a TU3 um, as well if you want. They put the screen in there for you. Oh my goodness, uh, this sounds like a dream. All your um, <gasps> I could have my face on it. So Yeah, you could. Uh, yeah. yeah. Maybe we scrap mod mode. <laughs> and uh, we have uh, Guitar Nerds multi-pedal, <laughs> and uh, we just put our faces on it. Yeah, um, but there's like some examples of what they've done, and uh, yeah, again, great artwork, just amazing. That's something that I just, I personally would love to own. It's ridiculous, but I just think it's wicked. Uh, just go to the website and have a look at some of the Matt, stuff. Matt, let's get one after after this podcast. Let's let's get one. Yeah, you pay, and okay. uh, yeah, I'm, I'm in. All right. right. Sounds good to me. Sounds good to me. Now, Matt Knight, I do want to come to you for a bit of news before we uh, before we round up the podcast today. Um, you've got several things that you could talk about. Um, I, I, I'd love to talk about the first thing on your list. But it's uh, up to you. Yeah. OK. The solar guitars. Yeah. Let's talk about solar from Ola. Um, so I'm sure a few people listen to the podcast know who ola england is i remember when we had him in the shop for an in-store for washburn i think he was probably only <laughs> yeah. about a, i think he might have been less than a hundred thousand people subscribed to his youtube channel at that point um still sort of in the the niche realms but definitely building a bit of a following obviously um he plays for a couple of really big sort of death metal bands um his youtube channel i think he's on like nearly seven hundred thousand people now um and obviously a great platform to launch his brand solar guitars and what's great is these are um sort of far eastern builds they've got um five different body shapes now uh type a type e type g type s type v and what they do is they do it in limited runs so the body shapes are always the same but the spec differences uh and the colors vary per run uh they get announced on his website they go to some select dealers and then once they're gone they are gone it's a um, great way to run a business Absolutely. Um, I think it's great. I mean, even since we put the news up last week, uh, they've actually just added another one, the GC1 Killer Tone model, uh, which is like a flame-topped single cut with custom inlays. Um, but the one I really want to talk about is I really like the Type A. Um, so the Type A is kind of like a super strat. It basically looks exactly like his old... Uh, washburn solar so you've got the kind of enhanced cutaways um one of the ones that's available at the moment is the a26fr pn which is pink neon matte so fully pink neon headstock that is me <laughs> um neon pink headstock all back of the neck the whole thing apart from the fretboard is neon pink looks absolutely incredible uh floyd rose bridge um, this particular model is through neck, but what they have also announced is they have done a bolt-on one as well, so they're slightly cheaper. Although I must admit, for the money, um, just running through the specs here, um, 
obviously you've got the neon pink finish, uh, locking machine heads, um, 25.5 scale, super jumbo frets, um, custom inlays, Duncan Solar pickups. You've got proper Seymour Duncans in there. Um, proper Floyd Rose, um, set through, dual action truss rod, and uh, it comes in at 749 oh, euros. How are they doing it? How are they I, do- think, I, I, mean, um, I have to say, I, I'm loving the bolt on just for the fact that you can get the maple neck, and I think the unfinished headstock looks fantastic Yeah, as well. I think um, what's, what's great, and I, I, I was talking to, to Ola about this, is it, it's built and designed in such a way that, you know, if you're a real fan of the brand and, and of Ola and you love the guitars, that they're all limited run. So, you know, you might never get that one again. So they've got people that are like, collecting them and they're you know they're great value for money they do six seven and eight strings um and he was like yeah he this was yeah going back two years now but he's saying that some of the people he's had some customers have bought like 10 or more because they keep doing different ones different colors different specs you know you might see one you really like in a eight string and a couple months later it might come up in a six string um you know you might see one six string that's a bolt on neck then you might see a set neck one you know i think it's it's These wicked. are gorgeous modern guitars. Yeah, they, like, they are. Solar are nailing it at the moment I mean, for looks and, you know, versus spec and everything and price. Absolutely. Um, I think uh, we talked quite highly about the Washburn Solar and Gear of the Year maybe four or five years ago. Yeah. Um, and just great guitars, really well built. When he left Washburn, he owned the Solar... Uh, name and the body shape design and everything and i think it's great and it takes on a lot of community feedback from the group and what people want um and they rarely go above i mean yes you know they go anywhere from sort of 699 to about 13 49 euros but then you know they don't go much higher than that so i think you get a lot of guitar for your money yeah yeah absolutely absolutely um, yes, they are completely fantastic guitars, and as far as modern guitars go, um, they are incredibly highly rated by guitar nerds, and we appreciate that we all end up being <laughs> yeah. quite traditionalists when it comes to guitars. So I, I, um, I, I must admit, looking at the neon pink, um, a lot of them are shipping in August. Some dealers have similar stock of the neon pink one, six nine nine euros. I gotta say, I was like, this is the one modern guitar I I would definitely, definitely play. And I don't think you necessarily have to be like massively into metal to really, you know, enjoy it. I think maybe the pickups might be a tad on the hot side, obviously yeah. designed for some of that stuff. But no, I think actually, even at, pickup, even at six nine nine, if you just wanted an awesome looking guitar, especially a neon pink one, um, yeah. you could put whatever you wanted in it. Get it bought, Matty. Get one. I am seriously tempted. I think it looks absolutely wicked. Um, it reminds me of that Saint Vincent that came out in the same colour. Um, yeah, it's proper, proper neon pink. So yeah, very cool indeed. Someone buy now, it before I have to. You should buy it. Buy it, Matt. Buy it now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Now, we're, uh, we're drawing to the end of this week's free episode of the Guitar Nerds podcast. You can, of course, listen to an entire extra episode of Guitar Nerds every week over on our Patreon site, patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds. Um, you can also find that in the description of this episode. Uh, this week, our Patreon episode is the third in our new series, The 1979 Club. It's my solo series where we're counting, where I'm, I'm taking a look at five vintage instruments that you can purchase right now. Um, uh, from the internet 
and uh, and this week every week obviously has a theme this week i'm covering weird fenders so odd fenders unusual fenders um my overarching theme with this has been um has has tried to be that i'm i'm picking guitars that i think people could buy without being completely obsessed with them you know ergo i'm trying to find instruments for less than sort of two two and a half thousand pounds you know uh, that are vintage so uh so so you know tune in and listen to me count down some weird fenders this week um to become a patreon supporter it costs only a dollar a month and you can enjoy the podcast ad free and early every week at the five dollar tier you can enjoy an extra episode um every week plus access to uh, the entire back catalog of mini series um and the original Friday specials. You've got Mark's series on the Beatles, gear there and everywhere. Matt and my series on um, the pedals that made us. And of course, years of um, of Patreon specials and everything else that we've done. And at the $10 tier, you can become an executive producer and enjoy all those benefits, plus the prestigious honor of having your name featured in our podcast outro song. Um, yeah, so you can follow us on all the major social platforms with at Guitar Nerds and join us on our Facebook community with facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Guitar Nerds forum. Thanks very much for tuning in, dear listener. We'll be back next week with more of this Guitar Nerd. Farewell. Bye-bye. Cheers, gang. Easy. You said that all at once. Well done.
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.